2: Welcome back in second hour of the program here on Tuesday. This one's starting much better than the first one for me after uh, walking out to find a dead battery this morning and having to take an Uber in. And again, thank you, Edwin. If you're listening, I don't know if he's listening. I never when I was driving Uber, I always just let the person that was riding in the car decide, do you want music? Do you not want music? Do you want the radio at all? Do you want to listen to something else? Do you want to talk? I never forced conversation. Some, some people get in and they want to chat you up. Other people just want a nice quiet ride. Some people, if, especially if they get in with other people, you know, they don't they don't want to talk to you. They're going to talk to each other. So just, you know, do what they're paying you to do and drive them to where they're trying to get to. And then I've had other Uber drivers that want to tell me their whole life story <laughs> as we drove around. Um, I tried to not do that. I, you know, if I was driving around, especially locally, cause I would go all over the place. Like if I, if I got a ride that took me out to Rhode Island, I would stay out in Rhode Island for a little while. Or some nights I would actually head out to around the colleges out there because there'd be a lot of people looking for rides around Rhode Island college, around, uh, Salve Regina. You could make pretty good money in a short amount of time with pretty short trips, you just might run the risk that somebody might get sick in the back of your car. But um, other than that, but when I was driving around here locally, I would always have Fun 107 playing in the car because I figure most of the people I was picking up were probably okay with that and, you know, promote the promote the company here. So that was kind of why I did that. And sometimes people would get in the car and say, oh, you know, can you turn the music down so we can talk? It's all in what people want. But uh, I don't know. I guess... When you are in someone else's car, even if it's something that you're paying for a ride, I always kind of feel like, hey, it's your car, whatever you want. You're doing me the favor by picking me up and giving me the ride, even though I'm paying you for it. I feel like, you know, it's it's your call, what you want to listen to. So today is a very important anniversary. And this is something we're going to be talking about later on this week. So let me tell you a little bit about how this week is going to work in terms of some of the things we have coming up. On, th- we're Instead of having New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad joining us on Friday, as she normally does in the 8 o'clock hour, she's going to join us on Thursday this week. She was nice enough to agree to move it, uh, along with Councilor Giesta, who will be joining her this week. They were nice enough to move it to Thursday at 8.05, or you know after the 8 o'clock news, because on Friday we have a very special day. It's our annual mini-miracle day. So... We have a wonderful local family that is hoping that you can help make a mini miracle for them this holiday season. So we're going to have them on Friday morning. We're going to talk about that Friday morning. We're going to share their story and hope that you will donate to help make their mini miracle come true on Friday. So as a result, we will have the council segment on Thursday, right after the 8 o'clock news. Also on Thursday, after the 7 o'clock news, We're going to have joining us uh, Kristen Harris from the Boston Tea Party Museum. She's going to be joining us to talk about the 250th anniversary of the Boston Tea Party. Which the Tea Party itself, the anniversary of that, the date of that was December 16th, rather, 1773. Get all my 16s and 17s correct here. December 16th, 1773. That's when the Boston Tea Party took place. But the significance of today is this is the day that the T-ship Dartmouth arrived in Boston Harbor, and Samuel Adams, who is the leader of the Whigs, he called for a mass meeting at Faneuil Hall today. I'm sorry, tomorrow will be the anniversary of that meeting. Again, I'm... Getting all my dates confused. But he called on November 29th, 1773. He called for a mass meeting at Faneuil Hall. Thousands of people arrived. They had to move it from Faneuil Hall to the Old South Meeting House. British law required the Dartmouth to unload and pay the duties within 20 days or customs officials could confiscate the cargo. And the mass meeting passed a resolution introduced by Adams and based on a similar set of resolutions uh, earlier in Philadelphia. Urging the captain of the Dartmouth to send the ship back without paying the import duty. Meanwhile, the meeting assigned 25 men to watch the ship and prevent the tea from being unloaded. So the reason why they dumped the tea in the harbor on the 16th was because that was the deadline to get the to collect the import duty and, and have the ship return. So this was. Today was the day that the ship arrived that basically was the impetus for the Boston Tea Party. And we'll find out more about not only the history of the Tea Party on Thursday morning, but we'll find out about some of the upcoming events they have to commemorate the 250th anniversary of the Boston Tea Party, including a reenactment. And I don't know if you've ever had Colonial Tea I just tried it for the first time last week. I went to um, the old Gristmill Tavern in Seekonk. Uh, We do a Seize the Deal for them every now and then. And so I wanted to get out there and try it. I hadn't been. So I went out there and tried it, had a great dinner. And then as I was leaving, I noticed that they have a lot of different things that you can, you know, colonial type things you can buy to bring home. And one of them was... Colonial Buhi. Which was such a popular form of tea in those days that it kind of became a synonym for tea. That people would just drink Buhi. And so I was curious. I'd heard, I'd always wondered, you know, what was was the tea like back then? Because you hear it was a very different flavor. And it is, it's a very smoky flavor to it and in fact when I brewed it I brewed the first cup of it I think f- Thanksgiving morning and when I brewed it immediately what I could smell was the same smell I've ever smelled I've ever uh, inhaled at any first period home that I've ever visited so all these historical homes that are around that I go to and take tours of and do ghost investigations of and all that they all have this smell to them. And I'm, it's the same from one to the other. And I always wondered what it was. I assumed that it was like from the smoke from the fireplace, kind of embedded in the walls. But this buoy, as I, I believe I'm pronouncing it correctly, that's what... Or boo I'm not sure if they... Which syllable they emphasized. But they would drink it so often that it kind of baked its way into the walls too. So it has that, when you, when you smell it, you'll say, Oh, Plymouth plantation or, Oh, which I know those are recreations, but still, but you might say, Oh, you know, the Hoxie house or the hedge house or some of these other places that are these older homes that you can go and visit. So I think you will, um, I think you will like it if you try it and maybe get yourself some in advance of the tea party anniversary on the 16th. If you want to go to Amazon and order it, you can get it there, but you're looking for B-O-H-E-A, That's That's how you spell it, B-O-H-E-A. And if you like a smoky flavor, you'll like it. And speaking of smoky flavors... You heard Barry kind of mention it a little bit yesterday. He was talking about Phillips Farm. And, of course, Jim Phillips' family own Phillips Farm. Jim made a batch of the Phillips Farm barbecue sauce and brought me in a jar, and I had it with dinner last night. I had sampled it a few times uh, since he gave it to me last week, but last night was the first time I actually, like, grilled up some chicken and said I'm going to use this sauce to pour on it and to dip it. As, as Jim recommended. And what a, what a sauce. Definitely distinctive. Very tasty. Really uh, accentuated the meal. And I'm glad that I have some left because I'm definitely going to do that again. Anyway, 508 9960 And I'm going to have a story on that. I, J- Jim even was, you know, kind of reluctant, but said, you know, I think it might make an interesting story. So when he comes in for town square Sunday on Thursday, I'll get all the pertinent information from him and write up a little something about, the Phillips Farm barbecue sauce, which I'm sorry to tell you, he's not going to be selling anytime soon. 508-996-0500, nine nine six zero five hundred. You're next on WBSM.
1: and Playboy. Good morning,
2: Lamone. How are you?
1: It's pretty good. It's pronounced
2: Boohee. Boohee. Yeah. Are you a drinker it's, of it? Do you like it?
1: Uh, not really. I've I've had it before, but if, if you know, if you're going to drink tea. It, it it's something that's an acquired taste. If you drink something enough, of it, you 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 can you can take stomach or stomach even enjoy it if you do it. It was okay, and it's like, and I was gonna say that that's a, that's the smell you you do smell in those old houses back there. You don't get that smell out here, and any of these houses out here, you know. Yeah, by the, it, the
2: time they built those, nobody was drinking boohee anymore.
1: Oh well, yeah, I guess not. You know, well, I don't know. There's a few of them. They, there, there's a uh, a town in a uh, it's like a. Uh, in, like, in the, I want to say is it Arizona or is it Nevada. I think it's Northern Nevada, In Bowie. And it was named, as supposedly named because of the T and uh, Jim Bowie. So, think oh, about that. It's wow. so different. And so, you know, so, like, the guy was talking about, uh, one of your previous calls was talking about how they're in, uh, about the insurance and stuff, about the housing things. Mm-hmm. In, Cal- in California, like I said, you know there's a mass exodus from California right now and a lot of the insurance companies won't cover the, A lot of those houses, anymore any the ones they cover for years, mm-hmm. because a lot of times because a lot of the lot, lot of the fires, you know, like the the, the forest fires, because the arson. Remember, I told you about how uh, since 2015, 87 to ninety three percent of all the forest fires, wildfires in in the west west, uh, in the, west the United States and up even Canada, were all were all done by arson. And and also in the ones in Hawaii too. That was done by Law also. And seeing that that's what it is. that's why all that extra water we had, all the clean water was gone is that had to take put out the fires and stuff like that. And they what they would do they take them, some of the people would get arrested. And they're out, they're out in less than twelve hours. What's up there? there are people dying because of this. All
0: right. Actually,
1: yeah. I Actually, right now let's let, let I don't want to I don't want go that down the road. I'm I'm just glad I don't live in the woods or anything like that's where where I, I'd be I. I'd probably, I'd probably be more concerned about about the the arsonist than more than Bigfoot. Bigfoot would probably come over. We probably have had had slumber parties and stuff by now. You know, if I was if I was living in the woods, and so there's a guy I, I met. His, his name is Drew Willingham. He looks like you, and he looks like he didn't wear glasses and stuff. Especially the new felt Timothy. That <laughs> look at him, look him He's look. You could probably see him on YouTube. Drew Willingham. He does a sports show uh um uh, every every Tuesday. It was, it was Tuesday every Tuesday weekly. And so like yeah. And it it was interesting. So like I, he looks like, I said, oh, so you look like my homie. You look like Tim. He said, Who I said, and I had to tell him who you were and he had to go like I said, oh, I was going to tell him about about the guy in the tub but I was going to wait and let him see wait, wait until after he gets to see you and whatnot and find out more about that. Because I think that. Something that's an acquired taste, right there. You know, not not just anybody could jump in and see that like that. You know, I think that that, that was that was neat, and it's like I want to show people that, but it's like they say, "Oh, look at this." Yeah, I don't want to be like all 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 tripping like that. You know, everybody's gonna have the privacy. But that person didn't care about privacy.
2: You know, you go, know. going back to the arson issue. Um, yep. You know, that's that's even more Because, cons- you know, when you live out in the woods Or you live uh, close to a forest You know, fires are part of Nature, like that's going to happen From time to time uh, You're also going to have controlled burns And so you understand that that's part of it too But the fact that somebody would actually go out there And, and intentionally set fires like that Knowing the sheer amount of damage that they could do Is just horrible And, and the fact that they're not getting punished more severely for it Is, is ridiculous Yeah,
1: and, and there's people like been, there's, They're like a uh, con- conglomerate, there's like some kind of uh, not green teeth people, there's something they're something unlike that. Because they're, they're they're worse than that. They're out kill- taking, killing all these animals and people and, and, and making it so hard for everybody to live. You see, all, where's all the water going? Even now we've got a little bit of water, we're not in the drought we had, you know, like a couple of years ago. We had 240 straight days with no measure- measurable rain at all. And that was during the summertime part mm-hmm. of that time. And, and Now, the previous record was 150 days, but that was back in the 50s when they were doing the nuclear test out of uh, the test fight. But you think, can you imagine if you guys went, with, went 240 days without any kind of
2: rain? How do you think you're... We, I of, mean, we had a drought a couple of summers ago. It wasn't that bad, but it was, it was significant, and it was probably the worst drought we've had in, in my lifetime.
1: Well, that's that's, that, that's bad, and it's the way it is. It's, it's talking about the... About about the weather, climate change, stuff like that. That's also another reason why I know, for instance, like the insurance—they don't cover a lot of the beach front properties. They're not going to cover because they're saying it's going to—they're—they're they're expecting whatever to happen, expecting things flood, the flood and water to come in. They didn't say how soon, but they're expecting something. They know something might be happening to, by by twenty thirty-five.
2: Well, I mean, they are—they are keeping an eye on it. I got to hold you there because I'm keeping an eye on the clock and I got to take a break. But you have oh, a good day, Lamone. Okay.
1: You say you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't force conversation, but you force it in there, fella. Hey, I got to watch the clock. (laughs) All right. So, Saturday, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I was going to see if you'd want to come, maybe next July, if you want to come to see uh, uh, Ringo, Ringo Starr and his band, his celebrity band. Las Vegas
2: in July? I I don't do well in the heat, Lamone.
1: Well, by that time you're gonna be so skinny, you know. You could, you probably, you probably. Oh, even even kid. when I was a
2: skinny kid, I hated the heat.
1: Well, it's not that bad. I remember, I I remember living in Morocco and it was 140 degrees, 143 degrees in the shade. Jeez. And and I remember wanting to go play. I played out there for like 10 minutes. Went inside, drank Kool Aid. I wanted to go outside two other times. My mother said, hell no, I'm 150 degrees out there." So
0: she I was I looking someone, out for you
1: yeah oh geez i'm I'm already blank so i need to be crisp too all right i'm gonna hold you there all right all right you have a good day all right take
2: it easy All right, that is Lamone in Las Vegas. I always let him go just a little bit too far there. All right, we'll be back in just a few moments. And Welcome back, and we are still waiting for more details, more information to be released regarding that situation that happened in Wareham, the fatal shooting that occurred yesterday afternoon in the area of Main Street. This this isn't Main Street like the downtown Main Street. This is kind of the West Wareham Main Street out by Pierceville Road. So this is, um, it's kind of out there in less traveled area. But they had, the, uh, they had the road shut down. I mean, it's still pretty heavily traveled, but it's not, it's not like the downtown area. But they had the road shut down as the investigation was ongoing last night. And uh, we know that there was one man who was fatally shot. We have no information about his name. Uh, we don't know if there was a suspect that was captured in connection with it. Uh, but I can, I can tell you this much, too the DA's office is going to be the ones putting out all the information. So we'll keep an eye uh, for anything that comes from the Plymouth County DA's office to let you know more about that as we get it. But right now it is time to go into the newsroom with Ariel Dorsey.
3: President Biden and First Lady Jill Biden are set to attend a tribute service today in Georgia for late former lady, First Lady Rosalind Carter. Also on hand will be former President Jimmy Carter, her husband of 77 years. Carter's attendance comes despite him being in hospice care. President Biden is rolling out new actions to strengthen U.S. supply chains. While speaking from the White House Monday, Biden announced he launched a new council focused on ensuring supply chains remain secure and diversified. Other actions include the creation of an early warning system to spot supply chain risks and invoking the Defense Production Act to make more essential medicines in America and mitigate drug shortages shortages. Around 100 million people on the East Coast are set to face freezing temperatures as a cold front hits the region Tuesday night into Wednesday. The National Weather Service says high temperatures are expected to be as much as 20 degrees below average in parts of the Midwest, Great Lakes and Ohio Valley, as well as areas of the East Coast. Parts of Texas and Florida are expected to be colder as well. This is the week two of the country's most well-known governors will face off in a televised debate. Florida governor and Republican presidential candidate Ron DeSantis will clash with California Democratic Governor Gavin Newsom on Thursday night. Hannity says the debate will focus on the contrast of ideas between red state Florida and blue state California. Florida and California are among the deadliest states for cyclists. That's according to data from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Florida saw 805 cyclists' deaths between 2017 and 2021. California was second with 712. Intuit is adding generative AI-powered tax prep features to TurboTax. The Mountain View, California-based company will unveil the new AI-enhanced version of its popular tax preparation software on November 30th. In sports, the Celtics could be without a couple of starters. Center Kristaps Porzingis is out with a left calf strain, and guard Drew Holiday is questionable with a right ankle sprain. The Seas are hoping to earn another in-season tournament victory when they host the Chicago Bulls tonight at TD Garden. Bill Belichick has no time for any reports about his future. On Monday, the Patriots head coach would not entertain any questions regarding a report from ESPN that Belichick already has his next destination decided. New England will be hosting the Los Angeles Chargers on Sunday. And the Blue Jackets delivered the Bruins their third straight loss after earning a 5-2 victory at Nationwide Arena. Matt Porches and Johnny Beecher each scored for the Bees. Jeremy Swayman stopped 17 of the 19 shots he faced before leaving the game. And Linus Ilmark made 18 saves on 20 shots. On Thursday night, Boston will host the San Jose Sharks at TD Garden. Now let's take a look at your local forecast with ABC6.
4: Dry and chilly start to your Tuesday morning with uh, temperatures feeling in the mid-20s. Scattered snow showers this morning. Not expecting accumulations, so don't be surprised if you do see some flurries out there. The temperature will be feeling in the mid-to-upper 20s, low 30s. The actual temperature will be in the upper 30s with partial sunshine overnight tonight. Dry and then once again, we do it all over again. Wind chill values in the in the morning be sure to watch abc6 for my full seven-day forecast from the abc6 weather center i'm meteorologist ceci del Carmen on new bedford's news talk station
3: 1420 wbsm i'm ariel dorsey for wbsm news stay up to date with new bedford's news talk station wbsm and get breaking news alerts with the wbsm app
2: This is why you don't use the music video version of a song when you're trying to play it. That's the Smashing Pumpkins today. And uh, that was actually, when I was in high school, we had the, the TV morning news and they used that as the intro song. And that was the first time I was like, oh, wait, we can use intro songs in making these videos. And so that became kind of the thing. Everybody wanted to make a, a new and interesting intro using popular music. Uh, but I've been getting a lot of reaction to the music that we play here. Uh, we got a call earlier where someone said that they like it and uh, got an email from Shopping Ninja who says, Count me in as another 90s nerd. I am both tickled and horrified when I hear bands like Filter or Smashing Pumpkins, who we just played there, in the grocery store. I always appreciate when you play the lesser-known songs, too, like Misery rather than Runaway Train by Soul Asylum. Well, no, totally. Runaway Train's a good song. It doesn't really fit the mood of trying to have an upbeat morning. But that song did a lot of good over its time. See, back in the days before we had the internet, kids, you know, there wasn't really ways for things to go viral and for things to be able to to make an, uh, an impact like that. So what was interesting is when Soul Asylum made that music video for their song Runaway Train, the video featured missing children from the Missing and Exploited Children database, photos of those missing children. So the video is, you know, there's, there is a narrative to the video. There are some scenes that were, you know, kind of filmed and dramatized for it of, like, kids getting abducted and things like that, kids running away, kids being homeless. But then they would intersperse that with photos of these kids that had been missing, and they actually did find some as a result of it. And MTV would have them update the video so they could feature more kids. There were multiple versions of the video that had different kids in it. And each time that they put it out, you know, you'd have another chance of maybe trying to find one of these kids that had been missing for years at that time. And they did find some. They also found out that some, you know, had passed away. But it did a lot of good for the popularity that it had. But it really was kind of overplayed. But it was doing a good thing every time that it was. And uh, I recently, I was watching, I record the 90s show on MTV Classic, I think it's called now, and they still show that video sometimes, and it's kind of like one version of it, and I'm wondering, like, how many of those kids that are featured in that remaining surviving version of the video that they play are still missing? How many of them, how many of those families never got closure? So that's the way that they could spread the word. It was, it was like the milk carton strategy on steroids because that song was hugely popular anyway. The video was shown frequently on MTV and on VH1. People talk about when MTV used to be a music channel. VH1 stopped being a music channel far before. They had music-related programming, but not a lot of music videos. And I was actually actually kind of more of a VH1 viewer a lot of the time. Because you got more videos and more variety of videos. But when people are like, oh, MTV, they got too much into TV shows. They had TV shows all along. Maybe not the very, very, very beginning, but they brought in shows like Remote Control pretty early on in the run. But now it's just ridiculousness all the time. And I'm not saying that, like, I think everything that's on the station is ridiculous. A lot of it is. But it's literally a show called Ridiculousness that is on all the time. 508-996-0500. 508-996-0500. I also have an article up, and you can choose to believe this if you want to. You can choose to to dismiss it. It is a UFO article, and UFO sightings have become more prevalent. Uh, I think a lot of times we, I, I get photos sent all the time in, and it's almost always Starlink. Is, and then people are like, oh, that's what Starlink is? And then once they realize it, it becomes fun for them to like look for it in the sky at night and and watch it and track it, but they just don't know at first that that's what it is. There's also other aerial phenomena that can be explained that people think is you know a UFO that eventually gets debunked. But what's interesting is when you have trained aviation experts who report seeing strange things in the sky. And that's what happened with the Tic Tac UFO. There was a Navy jet fighter from the uh, the nuclear warship, the USS Nimitz, who was up in the sky and happened to catch this strange object that was later dubbed the Tic Tac UFO. And it was the release of that footage that really led to a lot of what we're going through now in this UFO disclosure or at least discussion movement where we have reports released by the intelligence department. We have congressional hearings and discussions on the UFO or what they also call UAP phenomena. So it's becoming more accepted mainstream, which it's being accepted in the way that I would hope that it would be in the fact that nobody is running right to the idea that these are extraterrestrials from other planets, although... There have been people who have testified as such. But the idea that there is just something in the sky that we don't know what it is and we don't know if it's something that the enemy has. We don't know if it's something that is a naturally occurring phenomena and we want to get the answers to what that may be. So I like to look for the people who really know what's in the skies and know how to debunk what's up there as the people who have the most credible sightings. And I was updating the list of local UFO sightings. So if you have not seen that gallery that we put in the stories for a while, uh, we have about 10 new reports in there from the South coast and around the South coast. So, you know, East Bridgewater, Plymouth, Lakeville, New Bedford, Fall River. Uh, Those are some of the places I can remember off the top of my head, Taunton. So there's, 10 new reports in there for you to check out. But then also, there was a report out of Boston of a commercial airline pilot who saw something in the skies over Boston. He was flying for a major U.S. carrier from New York to Europe. And as they were flying past Boston, about 50 miles from Boston, they could see this object in the sky. And all of the rationalizations that they could make for what it might be, they couldn't apply to the situation. The lights weren't. um, uh, What's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, The lights weren't doing what they would expect a plane to be doing. It was flying in a position where a military plane wouldn't be flying. Uh, It was. The wrong color lights, if it was an aircraft that, you know, one of our aircraft. So they did allow for the possibility that it could be some kind of military craft, but that it wouldn't be flying at that altitude. They then considered, you know, is it a plane with its landing gear out? And they said, well, the landing gear wouldn't be out at 35,000 feet. And nor would a plane have dimming lights. And also it would be on your radar and it would be, you know, something that you're in communication with the tower about. And this sighting, the uh, pilot actually recorded some video, which I'm thinking to myself, this guy's flying the plane and he's taking cell phone video of a UFO. But I mentioned that to somebody who was a pilot and said, no, it's it's totally okay that he was doing that. Uh, First of all, somebody else can be Manning the plane while he's doing that happens quite a bit. If he gets up, uses the bathroom, has something to eat, uh, has a cup of coffee. They relinquish controls to the co-pilot. And also, you know, cruising at that point, he's probably at a cruising speed uh, that he's, you know, he's probably locked in and and kind of um, automated. So he took the, this cell phone video and posted it on the National UFO Reporting Center website. So you can actually go to the story at WBSM.com and on the WBSM app, and there's a link in there. And some people have been asking where the video is about it. You have to click over to the link because it's uploaded to the National UFO Reporting Center website. It's not like a YouTube thing that we can embed in the story. So you just got to click on the link where it says, you know click you know, you can see the video and then just click on that part. And it'll take you over to see it. And you can see what you think for yourself. There is a planet in the videos. Uh, and this thing is kind of floating around where the planet is obviously not in the same location as the planet, much closer, but you can see for yourself kind of the way that it acts and and you can hear the pilot talking about what he thinks about it. 508-996-0500. Let me take a call here before I get to take a break. Good morning. You're on WBSM.
4: Morning, Jim. How are you doing? Good. How are you? All right. Um, you know what? Remember, I talk, that time I told you about the big ring. My, my cousin in um, North Carolina too; he had tons and tons of land. In the morning, he woke up. It was like a they had nice, nice, dark grass, and then there was a lighter green, real big around it, like a big circle.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: And what did you say it was? Um, well, maybe they landed there.
2: They commonly call it a crop circle. Oh. like that's kind of the that? term. That's the term that's used for those. But it's you know the idea that something might have come down and landed in the yard. Mhm, yeah, I had it on my
4: front lawn too, a smaller one, but um didn't stay <laughs> some so sometimes
2: pray. sometimes they do happen at you know kind of as a natural occurrence, so you'll get what's called a fairy ring. Have you ever seen one of those where like suddenly yeah. there'll be like a circle of like little weeds or flowers or something that pop up a little circle of dandelions oh, so some oh, people think some mean. of these are probably like that same idea, only that yeah. just the the weeds or the dandelions haven't popped up
4: and then a friend of mine she <coughs> excuse me. She was. Um, uh, she had a. She had a walk-in closet in her house, and she's lived there for 20 years. The light in the walk-in closet never, ever, ever worked. And um, she came home last week, and she went in, to put, her, hang her stuff up, and the light was on. She went to turn it off. It wouldn't go off. And then she turned it on again, and then it never came back on again. But um, 20 years, it never worked.
2: It sounds like the opening of a horror movie.
4: Yeah. <laughs> it does, huh? So you had fun at meet and greet? Yep, it was I'm a good gonna go, time, yeah. I'm going to go next. Um, you can have it again.
2: Yeah, probably like in January, February, maybe. Oh, it's the same place? Uh, we're not sure. It depends on, you know, what the availability they have, or maybe maybe we want to take it to some other places to spread some of the uh, the business around. We'll, we'll talk about all that.
4: Okay. All right, because they have really good food. I like their clams.
2: Yeah, I mean, if it's a great place to do it, I'd be more than happy to do it again. It's just a matter of, you know, do we want to do we want to bring it to places that might be some closer for some uh, listeners so that people that live in Dartmouth um, or Fairhaven don't have to drive as far, yeah. so.
4: Well, I get a ride. I, I, I was offered a ride there. That, I don't know if she ended up going. Carol Jupin. I mean, Carol Mc, um, Mc, McAfee. She, oh, well, um, yeah, I'm
2: not sure if she went.
4: She called me and she wanted to know if I wanted to ride because that was just cool with her, too. And, um...
2: Carol, I apologize if you came up and talked to me and I don't remember, but...
4: Yeah, well, uh, yeah, when I talked to her again, but I I don't think she was going to go by herself. I think she was kind of... uh, But I I had my... There was uh, things put on my teeth that day and I couldn't even talk. I could have uh, crowns.
3: No,
2: that's the worst.
4: Oh, I know. But anyway. All right, Tim, you have a good
2: day. You as well. Take care. And, and uh, we are going to take a break here. 508-996-0500. We'll be right back. And uh, we will take more of your calls at 508-996-0500. You can also uh, send in your app chat messages. Uh, thanks to JJ who sent in that picture of uh, of Drew Willingham there. Was that his name? The guy that Lamone said, told that looks like me. And, oh, man, why'd you have to insult that guy, Lamone? Come on. He's much better looking than I am. All right. We'll be back after one final break this hour. Jim. And we are going to be going into the newsroom.